Hey, it's me. I'm the one who's calling Ben. It's all goody. Hey, Ben Lawrence. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Uh, you know, it's going okay. Uh, the air conditioning is once again on, so I don't know how tinny my voice will be once I remove noise, but uh, it's hot out here. Is it? Yes. So hot, and this is a great segue into my How next hot topic. is it? It's so hot that they canceled uh, Betty's band camp for today. They canceled it because of the heat and not yeah. because of uh, COVID-19? Hey, let's talk about it. Okay, so uh, band in this town is very important. Uh, you know the Friday Night Lights thing or whatever, how there's the, the football and it's very important and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, the band... The high school band is a trophy-winning band. They're a bunch of overachieving greatness uh, band. It's a good band. Everybody loves a the band. They, like, win awards, and it's what students aspire to be is on the band, on the high school band. Well, I mean, uh, yes, I, I guess so, yes. The, I don't – I mean, it's a, it's a funnel, right? You're in band in middle school, and then you go into band in, in high school – um, not necessarily, uh, it's doing a lot better than it was when I was in, in the high school band. Okay. Many so years ago. Uh, so the issue is of course that, uh, band camp happens in the summer and they practice all summer and they drill and they rehearse and things like that. And see then where this is going. So, uh, the people around here are loath to not have band camp happen. Uh, and we're in phase four, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and so the, uh, band got a special, oh, uh, Jennifer's also making food. So there might be some noise that comes through that I can't take out. Um, so, but, but basically the, the people, uh, got a special, uh, ruling, from the state that they are able to have their band camp. Now, in order to do this, they have to uh, do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, you wear masks. You stay six feet apart. You have separate... Everybody's outside, right? Except for when they have to get their instruments and stuff like that. And there are separate entrances for the different groups trying to minimize how often the groups are in contact with each other. Right. So, uh, I, I of course, uh, was like, what are they doing? This is insane. <laughs> how, why are we doing this? That kind of thing. Don't even have band camp. Cancel uh, it. Exactly. Why not not have it? But um, Jennifer rightly... Uh, noted that they are going above and beyond. Oh, yeah, like, uh, when you get home from the band camp, you're supposed to immediately take off your clothes and put them in the washing machine and also uh, immediately take a shower. Just yeah. all these, like, basically they're treating the band camp uh, as though it were, uh, like, a, a hazmat site. Yeah. Which they're, is... They're putting in the effort right if you were doing the band camp that's what you have to do and so they're doing this and i get it i'm 
I'm still, hey, why don't we just not have it? I, you know, that's in my head. Uh, yeah. But we drop her off. And when we drop her off, this is for the first day. When we drop her off, uh, all the kids are masked up. Everything, you know, the distancing, all that happening, happening, happening. It's great. We go to the grocery store. Uh, people not wearing masks. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, so I, I get the contrast. I see the contrast. They're putting in the effort. For this yeah. area, they're putting in a Herculean amount of effort. We yeah. go to pick her up. And it's a little bit lax in the parking lot. Some parents have shown up. Parents or secondary caregivers like, you know, an older brother or whatever have shown up to pick their kids up and they're not wearing masks. Uh, One guy in particular was like walking, pacing around the parking lot, going, hitting basically (laughs) every other thing. And the other thing is that they're kids, right? They're kids. They're high school kids. So what's going to happen while they're waiting for their parents? Uh, They're in little clusters and they're talking to each other. Uh, yeah. And in those little clusters, most of the kids are wearing masks, but some of them aren't. Some of them have taken them off because now camp isn't happening anymore. So we're done. <laughs> no need to stick to the rules. Uh, and the thing I was mentioning or thinking about, uh, the woodwinds and the brass students have to take their masks off or down in order to play. Right. And I don't know if this is actually true or not, but when I observe them, the percussion kids seem to have more mask wearers than the brass and woodwinds when they broke off their, their little groups uh, while they were waiting. And how did I know which was which? Because they had their instruments with them because they were taking them home uh, to right. practice. So um, I I was like, that's it. That's it. We got to pull her. Let's pull Betty out of the camp. No way. How How is this even a good idea? Can't do it. Jennifer's like, listen. You know, they've got this dispensation from the government. They have all these rules. They're doing their best. Uh, People aren't following. Uh, And so, you know, we can't just give up and pull her out right away uh, before at least trying to talk to somebody and say, hey, here's a concern. Uh, This is happening. And so she said that she was going to write to him. But, of course, I woke up before her, and I was like, ha-ha, I will write. And I wrote a very lengthy email. There were charts, and, you know, I had the the graph of the Illinois cases going back up and stuff like that. And I got back a very nice letter saying uh, that they had also noticed it, and they would be sending out something to all the parents. Um, and if they can't get people to follow the rules... Uh, you know, during the, the like when they're there, when they're in the camp, it's very easy. They can, you know, tell yeah. them what to do. But if they can't get them to follow the rules before and after, then maybe uh, they'll have to cancel rehearsals. Now, go back to what I was talking about before. Friday Night Lights, huge big thing. The band, everybody loves it, all that. Canceling rehearsals for some of these parents is like the nuclear option. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like... Uh, you would never, why would you, you can't know what. So the fact that they were floating it and they floated it in the idea that in the memo that they send out to parents later, you know, warning them, Hey, listen, you got to do this, uh, was pretty cool on their part. Um, and also band camp is canceled because it's too hot, uh, today. So no chance for them to, to do the right thing. The parents and the, the students, but here's the thing. I know 
that some of these parents and some of these students are of the opinion that this isn't a big deal. Right. Obviously, Just the flu. Right, exactly. Obviously, the, 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 the teachers and the administrators and all that, they're taking it very seriously. Um, yeah. So, all of this to say, uh, we were in Schnooks today, and Jennifer looks at the mask that I'm wearing, and she says, hey, uh, Paul, you know you've only got one layer of cloth there, right? How are you comfortable doing that? I'm like, what are you talking about? And the, the basic thing is that the mask that I was wearing and had been wearing for the past couple of days, uh, you fold it over when you put it on. And I had not been folding it over. So, what I am confessing here on the podcast, I would never write this on Twitter. If you want to get the goods on Mr. Goody, you have to at least patronize the podcast, in my opinion. Um, for the past two days... I have been incorrect in my mask wearing at least two days. Could have been more. How dare you, sir? I, well, here's the thing. I, I, it's put up or shut up time. I was being, a, a, if I may <laughs> say, bitchy towards a whole bunch of people. And, yeah. and yet, co- uh, pot, uh, kettle... Uh, that sort of thing. Oh, right. and that, that was really funny also. Um, when I was in uh, college, you know the phrase, the pot calling the kettle black. The idea being that a pot uh, is also charred by the stove. Right. And so they're both uh, equal. There was, a, there was a, uh, a, a couple of people that I hung out with, sort of druggy folks, if you will. And one guy made a statement that was, and I don't even remember what the statement was. Um, I'm just going to say, for one of example, hey, man, you get high too much. Uh, To which the other guy said, okay, Mr. Pot. (laughs) To which the other guy said, okay, Mr. Acid, which was the wrong, if you're going (laughs) to... I, I loved it. I thought it was the funniest thing that I had heard uh, between those two guys. Uh, they they really uh, did not have a full act to set up, but I thought if they could, uh, that would be a, a winner as far as that Somebody goes. I know has a t-shirt with a pot and a kettle on it, and uh, the kettle is saying, what the F did you just call me? Yeah. See, that's the thing. That's That's one of those... One of those idioms that uh, doesn't necessarily work well anymore. Oh, let's get talking about it again. You remember Blazing Saddles, Ben? <laughs> oh, do I? Uh, occasionally, uh, and let's not split hairs, occasionally at my workplace, there are certain people who will say, man, couldn't make a movie like Blazing Saddles anymore. And when they say it, Ben, do you remember what my my constant refrain whenever someone says something like that is? No, what is it? Hey, guess what? Uh, you can buy it. It's like on DVD. You don't need to make it again. It's totally there, and it's as good as you remember. No reason to do it again. Absolutely none. Unless you're saying that you want a movie that has the N-word in it forever. In which case, <laughs> uh, have you seen Quentin Tarantino's films? You could do better than that 
If only you... Wait, you could do better than that? Oh, Ben. I messed everything up. I tried you to say something. You messed everything up. Yeah, I hate it. In which case, it. I'll just say that I saw I saw um, a monologue online. I don't remember who it is. I wish I could. Um, but this person is explaining uh, why you, you know, answering, boy, you couldn't make that today. And talking about the place of Blazing Saddles in the um, social political context of when it was made. Oh, I like this. And why it made sense to make it at the time, why they could make it at the time. And uh, and why it's you can't make it today. Not that you can't make to make it today, but I mean, someone could, I suppose. Uh, but that you don't need to, and nobody will watch it, and it won't mean the same thing. Right. Exactly. It it if you made it today, it would not look like it did then. It would be a different movie because in you'd order to make it probably today, probably also get. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. You you'd probably also get sued by Mel Brooks. Well, yeah. If you made Blazing Styles a day, you would probably get instead. Um, what is what is the film? Is it um, okay? It's a film. There's a guy. It's it's called something like "Thank You for Calling," but I don't remember what the name of it is. Ben, I'm 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 blanking. Blanking. This it's would called- be one of those perfect things to to look up. Uh, well, can you describe the film? Yes. Uh, the, the film is about a guy who is working for a telemarketing service. Uh, and he he starts rising up in the ranks because he starts using a white voice when he calls people. Hmm. And his white voice, I believe, is done by David Cross, I want to say. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's called Thank You for Calling, but it might be... Hey, Jennifer, what's that movie called? Do you remember? <laughs> um, it's like called Thank You for Calling or something oh, like that. Uh, the guy's a telemarketer, uh, and he starts using a white voice, and he... Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it is called that. Could could you... Um, here, I'm going to unlock my phone. Okay. No, no, no. Hang on. I got to tell you, I... I mess up one of my corrections last week and I want oh. when you get to the corrections I oh actually we can do it now since you're here okay. uh and, and then I want you to look it up and make a make a spot on correction okay so Jennifer is going to uh use what the fuck is wrong with your phone oh no it's, it's fine here okay okay go ahead yeah so um I want to say it's called thank you for calling but uh Jennifer is going to look it up, Ben. Oh my God, it's almost as bad as me looking something up because I'm just saying Jennifer is going to look yes. it up over and over again. I apologize. Is she doing that now? Uh, she is doing it as part of you've, a segment that we like to call Corrections. Corrections. It's called, ding ding. It's called, thank you for calling. it's called Thank You for Calling? Yeah. Hey, it's called Thank You for Calling. Who's the guy who directed it? Pascal Elba. Pascal Elba? Mm. I don't know. This is not the same thing. That's not that movie. Because it's not Pascal Alba. I know that. I don't remember who it is, but I know it's not Pascal Alba. Hey, what are we talking about? We were talking about the idea that, as a rule, uh, Ben and I uh, don't look stuff up uh, in the middle of the podcast because it's uh, not fun for anyone to listen to somebody. You can see it's quite distracting when someone has to do that. So um, what we do instead uh, is we say things that are incorrect 
and let uh, my wife Jennifer Pratt, Jennifer Fact Checker, uh, well, fact check during. <laughs> we the... don't do it on purpose. Yeah. Um, uh, Patton Oswalt well, was in it. Uh, let's see. There is also uh, David Cross was in it, uh, and the guy whose name I can't remember, who played the guy who the white guy stole his body, the guy whose body was actually stolen in uh get out uh and he's also been in atlanta yeah uh i can't remember i know who you're talking about i can't remember his name at the moment but i know who you're talking about jennifer is closing all of my apps so what are we do we have more corrections or sorry to bother you is what it was ben sorry to bother you that's the name of the movie thanks everybody Uh, and this has been corrected. No, Jennifer has a correction to a correction that she made. Okay. So last week about the tail. Oh, yeah. The tail. Right. And I said, people don't have. And then I stopped. But what I what I had intended to write was that, Paul, you may not have a tail. People don't have fur. So you're just going to have a naked tail like a possum. And that's disgusting. I hate possums. You can't have one. so that is me not being able to get a tail you're not allowed because i can't do with possums you can't have my naked tail flapping around no hey wait a second Uh, i'm gonna take it all back jennifer if i could get anything i wouldn't get a tail i would get fur fur would be pretty awesome i'd like to wait are you just looking at me going that i pretty much have it you're close. Okay. Just, yeah, just a so little bit. So it would just be a little like. A little bit just, more fur. Yeah. Just a little bit more, Ben. Um, a little bit more? A little bit more fur for me. And I and I texted you a correction. Oh, oh, and there's Richard also. Libertini was the guy who played. Parka Lassa or something. Prakesh Lassa in All of Me. But he didn't do a show about a blind dude. Proco, I could find. Huh. Procolasa. Procolasa. Was the name of the character, and it was Richard Libertini. Richard Libertini is the guy that I was thinking of. But the other thing is the blind, is that, the blind guy thing. The, only the pilot was made. They didn't t- pick it up for the series. Okay, but the, here's the thing about a non-blind person playing a blind person. Yeah. That's happened like a million times. Nobody cares. Yeah, it was just that in this in this instance, like Red Dragon. There's a blind woman. I think Jamie Fox and, and won an Oscar Val for Kilman playing Ray the, Charles. Oh yeah, dude. like nobody gives it. Jamie Fox actually went method too. His the contacts that he put in made it so he couldn't see, and he would play the piano blindfolded. But in this case, the the thing that I remember, this is one of the first things that I had ever seen of this type when I was a kid. Uh, there was a sitcom. I, I I think Mr. Libertini was the main character. I'm almost positive. Uh, he played a blind guy. And a blind advocacy group found the pilot distasteful. Okay, I can see that happening. Like, if you are simply just making fun of blind people and having them stumbling around like idiots, that, 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 would, is, be, that, that is, would be a problem. That is what it was, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well... And I didn't find it because they didn't make it, so it's not something that's popping up in the news. Well, there you go. But Richard Libertini, uh, also the Sounds famous... Sounds like a made-up name. I would love, love, love... Isn't there, isn't there something called the Libertinis? 
There is a performance art group here in Seattle called the Libertinis. There you go. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I was like, that sounds really familiar. Um, so Ben, I don't think I, they're still around. I think I think one of the members left, and they may have disbanded. Ah, well, there you go. Left like the city. So, the, uh, a very rambling, freeform version of corrections uh, that came early <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, ben, are going... there any other corrections? No, there are no no other corrections for okay. today. Well. In order to feed the beast, as we say, uh, if you have a correction you would like us to make on the program, write to us at benzemail at yahoo.com at gmail.com. Again, the most confusing email address we could come up with. And Hmm. boy, oh boy, has it cut down on the responses that we receive. It seems to have worked. Yes. Uh, going back to Blazing Saddles, actually. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I, I saw an interesting thing recently where Warner Brothers, in order to keep the rights to Blazing Saddles in case they wanted to make a sequel, filmed without anybody knowing, without even Mel Brooks knowing, four seasons of a T- Blazing Saddles TV show called Black Bart, starring Lou Gossett Jr. as Sheriff Bart. What? And um, the dude from Barney Miller, the really like soft-spoken guy, as uh, the um, uh, 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 Gene Wilder character. Oh yeah. I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was the same character. Um, Steve something. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so so uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's Warner Brothers. So Mel Brooks put into his contract. You cannot make a sequel unless you make a TV show within one year, knowing that they wouldn't make a TV show within one year because they had no idea if it was going to be good, if Blazing Saddles yeah. the movie was going to be good or not. So Warner Brothers went to uh, went to uh, Mel Brooks about three years later, and they were like, we want to make a Blazing Saddles part two. And Mel Brooks was like, ha you can't. It says so in the contract. And then they sat him down in a screening room and showed him the first season of Black Bart the TV show, a show they filmed with no intention of ever airing. Wow. That is insane. Yeah, and it turns out that uh, uh, they eventually, uh, you know, the project uh, Blazing Saddles 2 fell through, so so it didn't matter, and Black Bart the TV show got canceled after, like, season four. Wait, it got canceled after season four? Yeah, well, well, canceled. They just stopped making it. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Warner the... Brothers was like, "We don't need to do this anymore because we're not going to make the sequel anymore. So oh, we don't need to spend all this money on something nobody is ever going to see." So they kept making it just in case they ever wanted to do. Yeah. Wow. They did. There's a really fascinating YouTube video I watched on it. Um, and are there uh, clips from the show in the YouTube video? There are clips of the show. And in fact, there's a there's a there's a, like a. It's either a Blu-ray version or uh, a, a DVD of Blazing Saddles, which is not on the DVD that I uh, had at one point, that has the pilot of this TV show. Okay, so here's something that you've probably thought of uh, that is very, very interesting. Um, the Watchmen TV show. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Lou Gossett Jr., as a young child, is watching a serial that stars a black sheriff. And that actor 
that plays the older version of this young child watching the the serial about a black sheriff was a black sheriff in what we could call a serial. Wait, was so wait was Lou Gossett Jr. the the black sheriff in the first episode of Watchmen? No, Lou Gossett Jr. was the guy who hung uh uh whatever his name is. Oh, uh, right, yeah, yeah. Judd. And and so Was that So Was that Lou Gossett Jr.? So in the Yeah, that was Lou Gossett Jr. Absolutely. Hmm. Yes. Yes, in the wheelchair. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm remembering it, but I, I, I forgot that it was him. So, so the little boy, at the beginning of the thing in the pilot, <laughs> is Lou Gossett Jr.'s You're character. Drawing a strange connection. I think, I think this is a, I think this is a true connection. Oh jeez. I feel as though <laughs> someone involved in the production knew about the existence of this TV show. And mirrored it in Watchmen itself. I feel like it's possible. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that one. Well, but, which uh, reality is buy, awesome then. I can buy a bunch of other fan theories. In fact, I believe that Tom Hardy's uh, Max in Fury Road is the feral kid. Oh, yeah. From uh, the Road Warrior. Absolutely. It makes total sense because, I mean, how much that that strange, uh, the 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 female warrior culture thing, that strange um, tribal ritual thing that they go through, where yeah. they announce what their name is and all that. The idea that that sprung up right after the fall of civilization, which is where the original Mad Max took place of, pretty slim of an idea. Now, I think the guy who directed it and wrote it, George, what's his head? Uh, George Miller. George Miller. Sorry, George Miller. Uh, I think that George Miller uh, has gone on record saying that um, there maybe isn't any connection between the different when each time that there's a Mad Max it's its own <laughs> timeline sort of thing but come on how the no, grunts that yeah. Max does and the oh you want it it's, to be, it's gotta the, be the fact that and, you he know, and, has an object that Max gave him I believe I think that's part of it yeah there's a tiny music box even if they George Miller and company say that it's not the feral kid. I'm, 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 I, I reject your reality, your reality, and substitute my own. Exactly. Yeah. In yeah, the yeah, words yeah. of Adam Savage. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love the Snowpiercer Willy Wonka thing. We've talked about it before in here. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah. any other fan theory? While we're on the uh, on the thread, let's take it down. <laughs> Anything else you can think of? What other uh, fan theories are there out there? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Hmm. Obviously, there's the Jar Jar Binks is secretly evil, which I like. Oh, yeah. Uh, but He's they never showed it Sith on screen, Lord. and I wish they would have. That would have been nice. Has Ahmed Bess chimed in on that little fan theory? Um, no, not that I know of, but Ahmed Best is... Uh, oh, I have Disney Plus now, uh, by the way. Um, yeah. I, 
I was going to get either Disney Plus or HBO Max, and HBO Max uh, has not cut a deal with the makers of the Fire TV yet, so I can't get it <laughs> on my TV. Gotcha. Uh, I thought you were going to say because it's $10 a month more expensive, well, which it is. Well, there's that, too. Um, no, but I, I eventually got Disney Plus because Jennifer and Betty wanted to watch Hamilton. Um, oh, there's a fan theory. Uh, it's a weird, it's a history fan theory. Um but uh, that John Lawrence and uh, Alexander Hamilton had an affair of some kind. What? An affair of the I've not heart. Heard that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You should look it up. Um, it's it's all based on letters that Hamilton wrote him, which are saucy. Well, I know that I know that Hamilton was prone to extramarital affairs. Yes, exactly. Uh, but was John watched, Lawrence? I, I watched Hamilton yeah. for the first time on Saturday, which is the first time I'd ever been exposed to the music as well. Oh, Because okay. I hadn't heard the soundtrack. What did you think, and, uh Yeah, I liked it. That uh, that David Diggs, who plays uh, oh, Lafayette yeah. and Jefferson, he's really good. Speaking of which, uh, there's a Snowpiercer TV show, and he is a star in it. Really? Yeah, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh. I yeah. went back after I, after I watched Hamilton. I uh, I, I read the um, uh, the trivia on IMDb, and in it, Lin Manuel Miranda talks about the John Adams HBO TV uh, miniseries, oh, yeah. starring Paul Giamatti. So which I've I don't seen, know if you've seen also. It. I, all right, so I I've started watching. I'm still watching it. I got two episodes left, but I tell you, man, it is a slow burn. It is it feels less like an HBO show and more like masterpiece theater. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, also disgusting. How how stuff with must have smelled back then. All I can think of. <laughs> they didn't pull any yeah, punches the, with the historical realism of how know, the, uh, the dirty those the small, teeth must have been. The 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 smallpox um, scene where the doctor has to scrape some off of a patient to inject into Abigail and the children yeah. was quite graphic. Not great. Not great. Um, and also. Paul Giamatti just whispers throughout the entire show. Yeah, that's something. Oh, uh, really quick about David Diggs. Also, I, I must mention, he has a band a rap outfit called Clipping. And okay. they're pretty good also. If you like him rapping in Hamilton, <laughs> you should take a look at him rapping when he is writing his own stuff. It's yeah. Pretty great. He had he had some really he had some really intense moments in the show. Yes, yeah, and uh, he he talks about how um, as fast as it is that it's you know not as fast as far as fast rap goes, which is pretty cool. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, 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 and of course uh, you will try it eventually if you watch it enough times. You're you're like okay, I'm going to try this. <laughs> I can barely keep up with Weird Al's white and nerdy. I'm not going to be able to keep up with uh, Lafayette. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good point. Good point. Um, okay, so the the big news uh, that we've had this week, let's talk about it. Um, our president wants the schools to open in August and has threatened to withhold funding from schools that do not open this is what i have heard that is that is a true thing given what we are seeing right now with Bandcamp, 
and it's oh less than a month away. I don't like it. Don't like it. Because the thing is, uh, I heard Mike Pence talking about it, and uh, one of the one of the excuses for the that presidential tweet saying that you know you need to open up or uh, or you lose your funding is because they felt that the CDC requirements for opening schools safely was too hard. Yeah, it was too difficult. So they're making the CDC come back with different, easier requirements for opening schools. Great. Because that's why yeah. the CDC decides stuff arbitrarily, <laughs> nothing based. Okay, so here's the other exactly. thing. Uh, us pulling out of the CDC, the United States uh, pulling out of the CDC, from what I've understood, uh, isn't going to happen until 2021. Are you talking about pulling out of the World Health Organization? Oh, did I say the CDC? I meant the World Health Organization. Yeah. Thank you, Ben, for that. Oh, impromptu that, correction. In line. Impromptu. As it would be. Correction. Ding. Ding. Okay, so <laughs> So yeah, the so the concept is everybody's talking about it that it's you got to vote for Joe Biden. Why why wouldn't you vote for Joe Biden? You're crazy. Um the Yeah, you know, when so many it, if it's the con uh, the culture today, but but you have to you have to know the context. But with so many Republicans saying they're going to vote for Joe Biden, you wonder why Democrats are going to vote for him. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing. I I think about uh, my adoptive parents uh, talking about how they they can't uh, bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump. They wish there was somebody else that they could vote for. And I said, well, what about Joe Biden? And they said, and I quote, we'll have to see. So, Jeez. you know, yeah, it's it's basically uh, Le Pen and Chirac. It really is uh, one of those situations where the far left, right, uh, kind of fractured itself <laughs> a little bit. You got your, your uh, Warrens and your... Bernie Sanders and, you know, everybody's all, ooh, who's going to do it? Uh, which then, all of a sudden, here comes the centrist candidate. And the centrist candidate, compared to the farther right candidate, seems reasonable. And so everybody either votes him in yeah. or it's another four years of crazy town. Well, it's, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, the, the whole political culture of the U.S. has swung so far to the right that, uh, you know, somebody considered uh, a centrist like Biden is actually center right. And people considered the far left like your uh, Sanders's and your Warren's yeah. are, are, you know, just they're not actually that far left. Right. Exactly. That was the thing is that uh, Warren in uh in a more liberal country would be center the idea being but then again I they mean, have eisenhower i i've seen some things where like eisenhower held almost some of the same positions as sanders and warren when it came to like uh like taxing taxation considering that the idea of universal health care is thought of as being a far left idea tells you everything you need to know i know uh oh here's something that i brought up before that you and i may or may not have agreed on the concept that uh 
paying actors in fringe theater. Actors should get paid. I think we all agree uh, that actors who are in fringe theater, um, I, I'm going to state this in a way that uh, kind of pads my position, but just bear with me. Actors in Steven, fringe theater you might want to skip this section. <laughs> should not have want for food or shelter or clothing uh, during their pursuit of their acting. I think we could all agree on that. However, nobody should ever have want for food or clothing or shelter. This is my exact point. However, making it incumbent on the theater to provide those things to the people would kill a fringe theater. Mm -hmm. You couldn't do it. Correct. The idea that you're going to get health care through a fringe theater, all that doesn't make any sense. So my position, uh, and I think that you could, you know, get behind this, is that if we were to have some sort of universal basic income, but what I call it is bulletproof universal, I'm sorry, bulletproof universal basic income, the idea is uh, you have your health care taken care of, your shelter taken care of, your food taken care of, no food insecurity, no homeless problem, no uh, health insecurity. Boy, you're just solving problems left and right. If you had those things... People involved in fringe theater would not need to get paid by the theater because their <laughs> standard of living is already being maintained just by the basic. That's, that's that's not the point, though. The point is people valuing somebody else's artistic input. Right. You know? But can you value it? Can you can you value it if you yourself without paying for it? Well, can you value can you value it in a monetary fashion if it would close the thing that is giving you the platform i don't think it's possible you know what i mean like you like getting healthcare through a fringe theater would kill the fringe theater in my opinion i could be wrong i've never run one before but it doesn't seem to be <laughs> in the fringe theater's ability to give healthcare no. to fringe- everyone who performs there Fringe theaters often struggle to pay rent, let alone right. uh, employment insurance. And this is, and um, I, I guess that's my point, is that in a, it's because we are living in a capitalist society that we, that we feel that the employer, I'm putting employer in quotes because it's not an employer, it's a venue for performance. The employer should should pay the performer. It just it's not a sustainable model. And the reason I think if you had. Yeah, if you had uh, this bulletproof um, basic income where people don't have to worry about money. Right. They don't. Sounds like they don't even have to have a job. Right. Well, and that's the thing. They don't have to worry about a job for the basic needs that they have. Yeah. Right. You're not so gonna, having a job, having an income would just be, you know, the icing on the cake. You have your cake. Right. You Oh, you don't have cake. You have bread. You have simple <laughs> bread and and water. Okay, you know it's what I mean? the butter it's on your bread. Nothing fancy. It's nothing exciting. It's, it's you're living in a comfortable, healthy way, but it's very Spartan. I you're, think... I, I don't think that would solve the problem of 
people wanting to be paid for their art. I, but I think that would solve the problem of the uh, volunteer pool for these fringe theaters because people wouldn't need to be working two jobs, especially. I mean, that's the that's... problem that we have here in Seattle where it's so expensive to live. You know, 20 years ago, uh, you could get by on a part-time barista salary in this town, but now you can't. Right, and that's basically what we're talking about. That's that's kind of where yeah. I'm going with that. Um, so I, I, I float this idea, and uh, of someone who I consider a friend, uh, who I'm not going to name because I'm sort of going to be deriding their position, uh, <laughs> says that they need art to be tied to commerce because if they didn't get paid for the art that they are going to do, they would just play video games instead. And I found that to be a very interesting <laughs> suggestion that artists should have to be tied to income through the art that they do so that they will actually do the art. And if they I weren't think... getting paid for it, they wouldn't do it. I find that a little crazy. Yeah, I, I I think that's an outlier position. I think that that does exist in most people's minds, where if they don't get paid for it, they're not going to do it. But I think uh, for the majority of artists, for you know actors or painters or whatever, whatever you consider your art, you know people will do it because they want to do it, regardless of whether they get paid or not. Right now, the the question of like for me, for instance, right, I. I'm happier not trying to write children's books for a living uh, because a lot of the times you're writing children's books. People say, well, we can't sell these. And then you do more and then eventually you don't have any money and you have to find other work. Whereas if you just right. have the other work and don't worry about writing children's books, um, then you can do whatever you want in your spare time now am i writing children's books in my spare time no i'm not i'm playing video games does that prove my <laughs> friend's point not really because i'm doing what i want to do right but yeah. if i had this basic income if betty and jennifer weren't going to you know starve or we would lose our you know our rental or anything like that if i was drawing a children's book instead of working my day job, I think I would probably start doing books again. You know, to Well, here, in. let me ask you let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let's let's pretend that this this uh, income doesn't exist. But let's say that you now hate drawing children's books, writing and drawing children's books, but you're getting paid to do it. Yeah. And it covers all your expenses. Yeah, I think I could probably bring myself to do it, uh, you know, in that way. But here's the thing. What you're, what you're suggesting, right, is a job where I'm getting paid. I might have arguments with the people that I'm drawing these children's books for, but I'm actually getting paid a steady income as opposed to the actual situation where I might be working forever and never actually selling another book, right? That's, I think, the difference. Like, if I got yeah. hired by 
Slocum's stupid books for dumb kids. And I was drawing <laughs> Mr. Farts. And, you know, drawing Mr. Farts 1 through 100. And I was getting paid the salary I'm getting paid now to do tech writing every month. I'd be happy doing that. That's something that I talk about to my job all the time, that I really the first, don't care. The moment I get a book contract, I'm out of here. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, that, <laughs> that I really don't care what it is they have me do. If I have the ability to do it or the time to learn how to do it, I'll basically do any work they want me to. You know, and if they ever said, we want you to start drawing children's books for us, they're never going to do that. But if they did, I would do it, right? But yeah. that's, again, I was brought up in a, with a capitalist mindset. Uh, I'm constantly worried about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to get paid and all that kind of stuff. Um, my value as a person is tied to me making money. Like, I feel like if I if I don't have a job, then I'm doing something wrong. You know, it's hard for me to get away from that. Well, you have you have the added difficulty of having to provide for a family. Yeah, but right. If I if I don't have a job, then I'll I'll the only person I need to worry about is me. Yeah. So it's not as stressful. So, yes. But the, the thing that I would say as far as all that goes is that if you think about us when we're uh, in our 20s, right? When when we're just kids kind of starting out, <laughs> eating the whole eating ramen and doing, you know, having a house with six people or whatever. We're basically talking yeah. about that lifestyle except that you're never going to run into a problem. You've got this safety net that will never go away. And I think in that situation, as an artist, right, you're more able to take risks because you're not worried about whether or not your art's going to sell. I think people would yeah. need a platform, a place to display their art and show it, but they wouldn't necessarily need to make any income off of it. And therefore they would be free to say things that the establishment might find challenging, that sort of thing. Well, and, and we find that happens a lot in fringe theater where you have the up and coming kids who, even if they have to work two jobs to get by, they still do a show at night because they want the experience. They still enjoy doing it and their self worth is connected to their value to a production. Right, and those are but the people I'm talking the, about. The further along they get in their career, they're like, okay, well now, okay, I just got married. My wife's pregnant, so I now have to find a, quote, real job. Yeah. And, you know, so people start focusing on careers. Or if they stay on the, uh, the performer path, they, you know, move on to bigger venues that can pay because they have a subscriber base that, you know... And a, and a budget of a few million dollars, and so right, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's all it's it's not all connected to where you are in your life, but um, yeah, I think everybody has everybody looks at their value in terms of art and commerce very differently from one another. Yeah, I mean, but this is something which I, makes America great. Yeah, <laughs> yay again. No, stop. Uh, the 
the big thing I think about is when I retire, right? Retiring yeah. used to be a thing. It used to be something that people talk about. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever going to be yeah. a time when I'm not working. There might be a time when I can't work anymore. But, but the idea of, okay, well, this is it. Now I don't need to do a job anymore. I mean, yeah. I'm nowhere near there, right? But, yeah. and this is why this is why anyone who doesn't try to push a socialist agenda these days is shooting themselves in the foot, I think. If we play our cards right and we get things going the way that they should be going, by the time we're old, we will be subsidized by the government like we would have been if when the boomers retire, they don't take all the Social Security pool. Which Wait a minute. I think you just landed on something. Maybe the reason why the current administration doesn't want to help treat the COVID crisis is because they know that Social Security is running out. Oh, man. And they won't be able to pay for elder care. So let's kill off now, a quarter of the population. Now, it's starting with the old people. Ben, have, have I never floated that idea to you? Because Not on the podcast. That seemed to me, like, immediately from the jump, that <laughs> that's what they're doing, is they're planning on culling the herd. Maybe I was, uh, maybe I was channeling my inner Paul Goody tinfoil hat theory. Well, I mean, part of the thing... Oh, I think I know what it was. I think this is where I touched on it. Um, they're, they're not only trying to kill people off, they're trying to get the right people killed off, quote-unquote, uh, by sparking protests all over the place so the protesters all get it. But unfortunately, <laughs> they're... Protesters uh, are wearing masks. <laughs> the protesters are wearing masks, and also you've got people on spring break and in churches and things like that, and... So you're going to get is, a wide swath of the population. Instead. It is beautifully backfiring, though, because the people who they want to keep are the ones who are getting sick because they think it's all a conspiracy. Unless. Which it is. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing you got to think about. <laughs> and you don't, Ben, by the way. I just want to say, you know, if, if you think about it, right, if Donald Trump winning the presidency is actually the longest con you've ever thought of. And his real reason of being there is to stir the people that put him in there. Uh, like, let's say that there's a cabal somewhere, Ben, a, a liberal, a feat cabal who want to Funded kill... Funded by George Soros, don't forget. Yeah, well, that's the idea, right? They want to kill... Yeah. All of all of the quote unquote deplorables, Ben. So they install Donald Trump and they have yeah. him get them to not protect themselves during a pandemic. It's very brilliant. It's fiendishly brilliant, Ben. And yeah, I can't I've, believe that you've suggested that George Soros. Uh, you've heard it here first. Ben Lawrence suggests <laughs> you know what? that George Soros in. <laughs> Put Trump the. Fr I'm sorry, I'm laughing. You didn't, Ben. I know. It's my. But... It's my favorite fan theory we've talked about today. <laughs> oh Man, my God. America season. 
America season 244 is off the charts. Ben, if you would release that, if you just make yourself an alt-right account and release that <laughs> into Twitter, it would spread Soros is like behind COVID? Donald Trump being the president. It all yeah. it took someone who doesn't believe in conspiracies to unmask <laughs> the biggest one. I can't believe that's it. That's what makes it brilliant. Oh. I that's it. Podcast over. <laughs> we'll never no i'm kidding you're gonna be chained to this like prometheus ben we eat your liver every oh, week geez. and then you regenerate it and you're forced to go through it again speaking of being forced to go through it again hey benny <laughs> benny <clears throat> we'll see if she shows up she's awake i know that it's funny um do you, do you know uh let's talk about earplugs for a second do you wear them? Let's talk about them. Uh, to, like to, to sleep, to keep sound out, or anything? No, I do not. Because we all, all in our, or in my family, we have uh, either headphones, uh, these uh, sort of industrial grade headphones uh, that yeah. you wear on like construction sites, or earplugs. I wear both, and it's because <laughs> we're all up at different hours. Yeah, and you all keep different... I mean, I live alone, so I don't need them unless I want to keep the construction noise out Oh, from outside. yeah, well, that would be something. Huh, I don't see her. Hey, Benny! Benny! Maybe she's playing a video game. Maybe. Or asleep. Podcast! Maybe? Are you around? <laughs> I don't hear her. You know, we've always we've always uh, mused. I've always mused when she was going to get tired of our shenanigans, and I think we may have hit that point. Oh, it's possible possible i'll i'll get up there and i'll be like hey man why didn't you come down she'll be like oh i'm sorry what she's like, like that you guys are dumb play playing dumb yeah oh man betty when you're listening to this after i'm dead <laughs> you just have your headphones on and just imagine your dear old dad moving the moving the curtains aside on the podcasting cube Sadly, looking up the steps, wondering where you are. Oh man, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting concept because if my if my parents if my dad had a podcast when I was a kid, would I would I listen to it? Yeah, would I want to would I want to revisit that? I don't know, man. If you want to bum yourself out, Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter Paul and Mary. Ugh. Yeah, man, it's so sad. <laughs> I've not heard it in a while. Uh, well, it's, I only know the refrain. It's about. Are you a, talking about the entire song? Yeah, it, it's about a. Uh, are you still there, Ben? By the way, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's about a, a dragon, uh, who's a magic dragon, and uh, this guy, his name's Jackie, loves playing around with the dragon, and then Jackie grows up, and when he grows up, he forgets all about Puff, and Puff is still alive. But he's sad now because nobody likes him or nobody plays with him anymore. I mean, it's it's an allegory for drug use, isn't it? Uh, that's what they say. Uh, I don't <laughs> know if I believe it. <laughs> a song called Puff the Magic Dragon? Yeah, yeah, I know. It sounds like it, but... From Peter, Peter Paul and Mary from what? The late 60s, early 70s? Yeah. I mean, why would that be about drugs, Ben? I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> wow. This might be a... Puff might the Magic be... Drag on. Oh, God. Ben. Can drag on this. Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> My childhood. Uh, 
So anyway, uh, I, I'm watching a Picard. Also, yeah. because uh, I got so I got CBS All Access, so I could watch the Twilight Zone. Which was great. Uh, season two, uh, very good. Many inventive things like it. Um, Heather and Campbell, as you know, uh, one of my favorite podcasters yeah, and improvisers. Talked about this last week. Uh, but uh, I didn't watch Picard, and I was like, well, I guess, you know, I've got a little while till it uh, shuts down. So I stopped watching The Mandalorian. Started watching Picard because, you know, I'll have The Mandalorian after uh, CBS All Access goes away. I'll still have Disney Plus. Yeah. So I'm watching it, uh, and it's good. Uh, the thing that I really like about it, they get into how the Romulans work and how the Romulan life is all built around secrets and stuff. And I'm mm. I'm liking it. I'm liking the yeah. Romulan culture that they've no, set I've up. No, I've heard that it is a, I've heard that it is a, people do like that show. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I'm still. I, however, cannot watch it because I do not have CBS. You know, it's uh got like, you know, it's it's a problem, and I don't know how they're going to solve it exactly. But each of these things, CBS, they they have their own channel, you know. And are you really gonna, you know, want to have it for that long? Uh. You know, or are you just going to watch the one, the couple, this is what I'm doing. I, I get it for one month, watch the shows I want to watch, and then I drop it. And then yeah. I'll wait and I'll get it again at some point in time. And then I'll drop it. Do they let you have another free trial? Um. Well, this, I don't think so, because I actually paid for a month this time. So oh, I, I had see. it, I had it free once before. But I actually got charged for this uh, month, so I don't know. I thought you were I thought you were uh, uh, skipping on uh, not skipping, but I thought you were uh, you know uh, doing free trials every other month. Yeah, I don't think that that maybe with like maybe a, a different it, maybe email works, address each time. But I don't know if it works or not. Oh, that's another thing. Uh, I brought a used book from Amazon, uh, the Saint yeah. Omnibus One, and I also bought the Saint Omnibus Two. And instead, I got two copies of the St. Omnibus One. And I contacted <laughs> the seller, Whoops. and I said, hey, look, I wanted the St. Omnibus Two. Uh, you sent me number one. How do I send this one back and get the right one? And they said, we'll send you this one. Will that be okay? And I was like, is it the St. Omnibus Two? Because if it's not, uh, I don't want to do it. And they said, well, gonna send you another well, we'll send it to you, and you don't have to send the other one back. So, which is cool, right? But now I'm wondering, yeah. am I going to have three copies of the St. Omnibus <laughs> 1, or did they actually hear my other suggestion? If I am hoping you get three copies of the St. Omnibus uh, 1. Oh, Ben, no. But if I do, uh, then that's fine. I'm not going to complain again. Uh, because at that point, they've given me a free book, and... I just uh, finished reading The Boys Omnibus Volume oh, 1 hey, cool. uh, by Garth Ennis. Oh, yeah. And because uh, I've seen the TV show, and season two is coming out in September. So, yep. uh, yeah. So, do you know some spoilers now because you've read the Omnibus? Well, the thing is, the Omnibus is made up of um, three 
three or four different story arcs, but the TV show only focuses on the first one. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, the like Homelander and the Deep and all those characters we met in the TV show are only in the first story arc. Interesting. So, I mean, when I was reading it, it was kind of, I was kind of disappointed because I'm like, oh man, I want to, I want to, you know, keep, stay with these characters that I've grown to like, but instead I got to learn, you know, meet these new characters in comic book. Uh, do you like the so new maybe characters now? Uh, yeah, no, I, I got into the stories. Okay, good, good. Uh, Comics Dungeon is uh, going to be open for one more week, and so I'm going to go and buy uh, buy the rest of them that they have. Wait, they're going to be open for one more week, and then what happens? They're closing. Did I not tell you that? Wait. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Comics Dungeon. Yeah. Is that the one that's tied to your other podcast? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Ben. In fact, we, we stopped doing that podcast back in March. What? Uh, well, it's a long story, and we can revisit it next week. That's a teaser for okay. you. Okay. Well, uh, you know, obviously, what we're <laughs> gonna have to do is is uh, have uh, Cole on as a guest on our podcast uh, at some point. You can, uh, and he'll do that. You can also, uh, I don't know if you know this because I haven't promoted it outside of Facebook and you're not on Facebook. We're doing the Panel Jumper live streaming uh, tomorrow at 7 o'clock my time. Hey. So 9 o'clock your time. Well, that's cool. Tune in cool. to thepanelgumper.com slash stream. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who are listening to this, uh, will it be archived, Ben? Yeah, you'll be able to watch it. Okay, cool. Because uh, they won't have time. I wish I had more nope. time. It'll all it'll be done. It'll be over by the time this hits the airwaves. All right, Ben. Well, uh, end of an era, as we say. Um, yeah. I'll still do the yelling next time. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll we'll find out. Um, but until then, <laughs> Ben, why don't you take a running leap at keeping it wrong? <laughs> why don't you sit on this keep it wrong and spin? <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you later, Ben. All right, take care. Yeah. All right, bye. bye.